it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh, going to go over week eight waiver wire ads. Um, there's only one must add for me this week, uh, and that's Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Miles Sanders has a low ankle injury. Uh, and it might not be overly serious. Nick Sirianni, he called it week to week. Um, I'm, you know, he'll likely be out for a week, right? Uh, at least. Now the Lions have allowed six receiving touchdowns to running backs. That's who the Eagles play uh, this week. Uh, and Gainwell already had packages near the goal line in the past game. Um, you know, throughout the year, even with Miles Sanders healthy. So you know, if the Eagles Eagles get near the goal line, like I'd be shocked if they don't use those same packages involving Gainwell this week, maybe even more, right? Um, now, if Sanders misses another week, the Eagles get the Chargers, you know, who've allowed a ton of fantasy points to running backs, mostly in the run game. Um, Gainwell can still do his thing in this game, uh, you know, in, if the Eagles go pass heavy once again, right? Like, it's not in their nature to go run heavy, even though the Chargers are more of a run funnel than a pass funnel, right? Um, so it's very possible the, the Eagles elevate Jordan Howard from the practice squad, uh, but it, it shouldn't affect Gainwell's role. If you're wondering what the split was after Sanders got hurt, Gainwell was on the field for 57% of those snaps compared to Boston Scott's 41%. Uh, Gainwell dominated passing downs, and, and keep in mind that the Eagles were down this past week, right? So, like, obviously that, that game script did favor Gainwell. Um, now, as far as goal line carries, it'll probably be either Scott or Jordan Howard. Um, but, you know, Gainwell will have his red zone packages either way. Um, so I, I think Gainwell has a good shot uh, to be a solid PPR RB2, uh, you know, as long as Sanders is out, which is probably, I'm guessing, at least one to two weeks, maybe more. Uh, I would spend about 15% fab on him. Um, you know, it's not like, there's only two two teams on by uh, this week, so you might have, you know, some of your guys back. So, you, you know, you might not be too desperate for a running back. But if you are, you know, you might want to spend, like, you know, up to 20% potentially. Um, Boston Scott, if the Eagles go up in this game, uh, Scott can rack up, you know, some work in the run game. But I'm not willing to bet on the game script, uh, you know, when it comes to the Eagles. If Miles Sanders wasn't getting enough work, you know, like, should we expect Scott to see, like, 12 to 15 carries? Like, I, I won't be expecting that, right? Like, there'll be more carries than Miles Sanders ever got <laughs> this season. But uh, Jordan Howard, you know, will also be active. So it's possible that he steals some goal line work. Uh, and then Gainwell's role, like, is a little bit more secure than Boston Scott, right? And I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, um, Gainwell will get more snaps than, you know, than he usually does uh, with Sanders out, you know, because of his playmaking ability compared to, to Boston Scott. All right, uh, Brandon Bolden. Uh, so Bill Belichick took advantage of the Jets being one of the worst teams against pass-catching running backs. Um, so Bolden, 
uh, was very involved this week, despite you know the Patriots being ahead all game long, right? Uh, Bolden is basically the James White replacement, um, so he can be plugged into your flex in PPR leagues when you need the help. Kenyon Drake, Peyton Barber. Now, Josh Jacobs suffered a chest injury in Week Seven, and Kenyon Drake took over that early down role that Jacobs had. Uh, then Jalen Richard proceeded to take over Drake's former role. And that kind of left Drake in a bit of a no-man's land, right? Um, because Barber was the one to take over the Jacobs role when he was out with an injury a few weeks ago, right? And Barber was inactive this past week, right? So who knows if he would have been the guy on early downs instead of Drake, right? But, you know, now that doesn't mean he he won't be the Jacobs replacement coming out of their bye in week nine if Jacobs can't go. It's also possible that Drake becomes the backup, you know, because John Gruden is gone. Like, and that's, this is why I, I wouldn't spend on either guy, right? Because, and I want to just address the situation because I'm sure that, you know, people, I was going to like kind of leave them out of the, the whole uh, list in general. But the Raiders are on a bye, right? And Jacobs can potentially be back in week nine. Um, if we hear that Jacobs will miss, then I would lean Drake, but it's uh, obviously a very ambiguous situation. We wouldn't know unless we hear something from, you know, the coaching staff or, or beat, beat writers or something. Um, you know, otherwise, I'm not sure I feel comfortable starting either of these guys. Okay, let's move on to wide receivers. Sterling Shepard, uh, he was cut in a lot of leagues last week uh, after he was in, after he was inactive, um, you know, coming into that game. He was a game-time decision, but he's being back to being rostered in only about 50% of leagues. So, you know, he was close to playing this past week, right? So my guess is that he'll be good to go this week. Uh, good matchup against the Chiefs. He could potentially be a wide receiver three for you, um, you know, all year long uh, while being ranked as a wide receiver two this week if Galladay misses again. Uh, Kadarius Tony, he looked really good when he was on the field when he was when he was healthy. Uh, he might not be back this week, but when he's back, he might be a difference maker. So. I think he's a wide receiver three if he plays this week, and if he doesn't, I'd still hold him on my bench as a high upside stash. Michael Gallup was activated on Monday. Um, he can return as soon as this week. He, they don't have to activate him to the roster this week, but um, he's, he's still a very solid pickup if he's available. Um, he's a good wide receiver on a good offense, so I'm looking to, to pick him up and put him on my bench this week. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, he's now a full-time player with the injury to DJ Shark. Chenault went from running more than 80% of his routes from the slot uh, to more than 80% of his routes on the outside. And he was far better from the outside last season. And now he has the ability to create some big plays because of that. His his you know his um, depth of target was like super low when he was coming out of the slot. But now he's being targeted more downfield. And you know we saw that kind of come to fruition last week. Rashad Bateman led the Ravens in targets in week six and then tied for the lead in receiving yardage in week seven. Um, Sammy Watkins is... Coming back at some point, there's no guarantee that Bateman keeps his job um, as the starter opposite Hollywood. Um, you know, but you know he ran the second most routes behind behind Hollywood in his second game of his career. That I think that means something, um, and he's getting opportunity to potentially win that job. So I can see a rotation when Watkins comes back, um, but I think Bateman is talented enough to potentially win that job at some point. He's on a good offense; um, it can probably support a few wide receivers at this point. Um, or a few receivers in general, I would say, you know, I think Marquise Brown, uh, Mark Andrews, and potentially Rashad Babin, I think that's kind of the max right there. But, um, you know, given the fact that Lamar Jackson is passing the ball more this season, um, I think it could come to fruition. Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams will most likely be out this Thursday after he was put on the COVID list on Monday. Um, Lazard caught five balls on six targets for 60 yards and a touchdown this past Sunday. Uh, Lazard would have been on this list anyway, 
um, because he's kind of he's been kind of coming on over the past two weeks. Uh, but he ran around on ninety percent of dropbacks, so we should uh, expect the same this week. Uh, good matchup against Arizona, and it could be a high scoring game. Uh, Lazard might be a long term hold, uh, but with with MVS back soon, I'm not sure there will be enough targets to go around. Uh, Randall Cobb. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who feeds his favorite wide receiver. Right now that his favorite wide receiver, Devontae Adams, might be out this week, his next favorite wide receiver is Randall Cobb. Um, and he can get some targets this week. I'd rather play Lazard, but Cobb is definitely an option. Um, he's a desperate flex with some upside. And, you know, again, this matchup against the Cardinals, very solid. KJ Osborne, uh, you know, he's consi- inconsistent, right? But the Vikings have the Cowboys this week. Um, so this can be yet another shootout and close game for Minnesota. Um, you know, this is a tough matchup, you know, when you, when you consider like, um, you know, the, the matchup out of the slot, cause the Cowboys have been playing the slot very well. Um, but Osborne, you know, because of the fact that this might be a high scoring game and if you're like in a 14 team deep league or deeper, he can, he can potentially do some things. He did catch the, the game winning touchdown a couple weeks ago. Uh, Khalif Raymond and Amar St. Brown, uh, should be on the wave wire list, uh, probably every single week. Um, so Khalif Raymond is the flavor of the week when it comes to the Lions wide receivers. Uh, Sam Brown didn't even get targeted. That might have had something to do with Jalen Ramsey. Sam Brown can potentially come back, you know, this week to get his four to five catches. But, you know, if you look at what Raymond has put together this season, including his 100-yard game last week, he's been relatively good. Um, so he's worthy of a roster spot in a 12-team league, and he can be started as a flex. Uh, Darius Slayton, uh, you know, there are obviously several permutation of how, permutations of how the Giants wide receiver core will look in week eight. You know, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, all banged up. Uh, but I think, like, if any two of them miss this week, I think Slayton can be a solid play against Kansas City. Uh, perimeter wide receivers have played very well against Kansas City this year. And if Patrick Mahomes gets it together this week, you know, we can have a very high scoring game here. Um, he is a desperate flex, I would say. If Shepard and Galladay play, um, I think he's more like a long shot upside play, if anything. Um, Tim Patrick, he has a good matchup this week, but reports are that Jerry Judy will be back this week against Washington. Uh, no word on whether Judy will play a full complement of, of plays, but the ra- target share will likely shift to Judy and Sutton, you know, rather than Patrick and Sutton as it was while Judy was out. So it might not happen right away. Uh, so Patrick can be started as a flex if you're desperate this week, but I wouldn't be looking to count on Tim Patrick going forward. Uh, Devontae Parker doesn't have a great matchup this week. He's banged up. But, you know, looking forward, you know, wouldn't you want him on your roster if Deshaun Watson gets traded to the Dolphins, right? Like, if you have an extra roster spot, I think Parker doubles as a flex option and an upside stash. And then same thing with Will Fuller, right? You know, remember the connection he had with Deshaun Watson. So keep an eye on Will Fuller as well. Uh, Not a priority ad or anything, but just keep an eye on it. Okay, a couple QB streams. Daniel Jones at Kansas City, high-scoring game. Daniel Jones, you know, has that high ceiling uh, because of the rushing ability. Uh, hopefully, he gets a couple of a couple of his receivers back this week. Carson Wentz uh, at home against Tennessee. Uh, he's been playing well, you know, when it comes to fantasy, and you know, he's been making some plays in real life too, making some bonehead plays, but also like you know, making some good plays too. So um, he is in play in this game. Jameis Winston. Um, against his former team, Tampa Bay, revenge game. Um, but also, you know, T- Tampa Bay, their secondary is banged up. 
Teddy Bridgewater against uh, who are they going? Washington, the Washington football team. This is a good matchup for Teddy. You know, he can he doesn't have a high ceiling, but you know he can get you that that floor that you need for for a QB. Um, Deshaun Watson, someone that you might want to pick up this week. You know, in case that you, if you don't have like a high end QB, right? If you don't have a Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Lamar, you know, someone like that, Kyler Murray, um, you might want to just throw. Um, Deshaun Watson on the back of your bench, you know, just in case he does end up getting traded, and then you have a shot of having a top five QB, right? Um, it might not happen right away, but it could happen pretty soon. Um, some tight end streams: Ricky Seals Jones. Again, he ran around on 100 percent of of dropbacks this week, which is crazy for a tight end. Um, that alone deserves a start. So he's a solid tight end one until Logan Thomas is back. Now it is a tough matchup against Denver. Um, but I'd rather play him, you know, over a tight end who isn't running a ton of routes, you know, who has a good matchup, <clears throat> you know. Um, CJ Ozama isn't working with a ton of target share, uh, but he's at least running a route on a majority of dropbacks. He's not he's not near a rate where I feel like super comfortable starting him. But, you know, we're talking about tight ends here. And he scored five touchdowns in the last four weeks. Um, he's had some high ceiling games, too. So he now gets the Jets. Uh, who have been beat pretty bad by tight ends this season, so he's a solid streamer. Evan Ingram, um, if a few of the receivers are out for the Giants, Ingram should get a solid target share. Like This is like a PPR-only type of play. He had eight targets last week. He gets Kansas City this week. Um, you know, Actually, is it P- only PPR play? I mean, if you're, if you're desperate at tight end, it is what it is. Um, Kansas City has been giving up a ton of fantasy points to tight ends, um, but this can also be in high, a high-scoring game. So, you know, this is a, a you know potential spot for Engram to have hit one of his best games this season. The only issue with Engram is that he he's not running a full complement of routes and Kyle Rudolph is pretty involved. So keep that in mind. Uh, Robert Tanya came out of nowhere last week, and, and he makes a lot more sense this week with Devontae Adams out, but it's a pretty tough matchup. Tanya is like kind of like a swing for the fences type of play this week if you need a tight end. Um, and, and Lance Thomas, right, just a reminder that, that Thomas, I'm sorry, not Lance Thomas, sorry, <laughs> I'm a Knicks fan, Logan Thomas um, is just a reminder that he will be back or should be back after the bye. Uh, so if he's available and you need a tight end for the rest of the year, he should be able to give you, uh, you know, low-end tight end one numbers, but be relatively consistent and run, you know, be on the field for every single play. Okay, some running back stashes that I want to talk about avail- potentially available uh, in you know more than fifty percent of leagues, Alexander Madison. Um, for some reason, he's been dropped in a lot of leagues, but I get it. By McGeddon is here. Uh, he's an instant high end RB one if Dalvin Cook gets hurt. So you know he's someone that you want to have at the end of your bench, just in case uh, whether you have Cook or not. Uh, Darrington Evans. Uh, he would be an RB one if Derrick Henry gets hurt. He would be the primary ball carrier and potentially the primary back pass catcher as well. Uh, Sony Michelle is an every down back on a great offense if Dal Henderson gets hurt. Marlon Mack, he's a stash just in case he gets traded before the deadline to a, a good team. Uh, Ronald Jones, if Fournette goes down, Jones has a ton of upside as the primary rusher on a great offense. And there were some trade rumor, rumors like kind of swirling around his name. Bruce Arians kind of shot him down, but you never know. Um, he also shot down signing Antonio Brown a couple years ago. So drops, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I'm willing to drop him. Damian Williams, willing to drop him. Trey Sermon, willing to drop him. And Naheem Hines. Uh, willing to drop him as well. Um, probably a couple other names there, but that's all we had today for the week eight waiver wire 
episode. Uh, thank you so much for, for listening. I, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, I'll be back on Thursday with the uh, with part one of the week nine matchup preview. Uh, so make sure you, you tune in for that. Until then, I, I hope you guys have a great week. Um, uh, by the way, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram, so go check me out there. Uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.